and black power to everybody that had a chance to tune in um welcome 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 to office hours with professor carl tone jones and erica tobin i am professor carl tone jones and if you have not been to blackindependence.org to get your copy of the independence day project i do not know what you're waiting for family how many times do you need for all of these different critiques and um you know, responses from the people who've seen the project and have gone out and grabbed it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe we need to wait for the white man to give it his endorsement. You know what I'm saying? We're going to go find some white folk to watch the Independence Day project to let y'all know y'all got permission to love it and buy it and put it on your shelf and uh, bring it into your community so you can have, you know, collaborative conversations about black independence. We're going to get into that tonight. Um, so I want to um, shout out a few people I see in the chat. All right. 
What's going on, Sister April Hibbert? Hibbler. I'm sorry, hey, I'm messing up your name, Sister April. April Hibbler out of Mississippi in the Black Liberation Movement. Peace and Black Power to you, Queen. Ah, uh, my brother Howard Tate, one of my best students. <laughs> this brother is rocking a 4.0 with the professor. Peace and Black Top. Peace and Black Power to you, bro. I see I got my brother Patrick Alexander also, you know, heading up the charge for the Black Liberation Movement. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get out there. We also got, you know, uh, the, the, the you know, brothers and sisters all, all throughout the country that's, that's chiming in and building with that. I see my cousins in the building. Peace, Chuck. Peace and black power to you, cuz. You know what I'm saying? Sister Dana, what's going on, queen? Peace and black power to you, sis. Peace and black power to brother Antoine Gray. All right? You know what I'm saying? Ah, that's what I'm talking about, sister Dana. I appreciate you, queen. And uh, make sure y'all share this broadcast, family, because tonight we're going to get into some real spill, you know, um, and we're going to talk about some things, you know, current events. You know, there's been some shootings. There's been some shootings, but we're not going to deal with that tonight. You know, uh, y'all pretty much get the lowdown of the shootings. So yes, another, you know, um, school was shot up, shot up last week. And, um, you know, they have some, uh, you know, they've been having some issues with the, you know, these um, white identity extremists. You know what I'm saying? They've been having some issues with these white identity extremists. Excuse me. You know, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that aspect. We're gonna talk about from a different aspect tonight. Um, peace and black power to you, brother Wayne, my little brother Wayne Whitaker. Peace and black power to you, bro. So you know, one of the things I want to get into tonight, as and and you're gonna see me sharing this, you know, because I think that you know we need to get the word out. I'm going to be sharing this in all different groups until they ban me again. That's what they do. You know, we're going to talk about a few things. Um, did anybody get to read the Forbes magazine um, articles this week that in regards to the black buying power? Anybody get a chance to read that? I believe it was Forbes. Let me double check. Make sure I know what I'm talking about, you know. Um, let me see if I can find the Forbes magazine that was shared on my page earlier today. And if you got a chance to go down my page on Facebook, you know, um, get a chance. There was a magazine article, I believe it was Forbes. And it said that uh, basically that, uh, yeah, no, Fortune, Fortune, Fortune.com. I'm sorry, my mistake. That um, the Nielsen report puts black buying power back at. 1.2 trillion dollars all right now keep in mind we're going to talk about this later on but i want y'all to pay attention to that this black buying power at 1.2 trillion dollars all right I want y'all to be aware of that okay understand it understand you know the psychology behind telling black people that and putting it out there for black people i want y'all to be aware of that okay because that's something very important for us to talk about all right so if you're going to be in town in Philadelphia this weekend, I want y'all to check us out. I want y'all to make sure y'all come check us out because we're going to be doing, we're going to be live. Uh, my brother Mitch, well, my brother formerly known as Mitchell Chance, my brother um, Bafamala Nkrumah. Bafamala Nkrumah. I got that right. I know that. He has a talk show that, that he hosts every month. Um, started off last week, last month. It was brilliant. Um, the talk show is, shh, is I got to do it like, shh, you can't talk about that in the black community. 
And um, we're going to be there this weekend at 3824 Jasper Street in the Northeast Studios. Okay, 3824 Jasper Street in the Northeast Studios, room 204. We're going to be there. We're going to be hosting. We're going to be talking about education this week, the miseducation of black children. So uh, on board to be guest on the show is Brother Sharif Sharif Al-Makai. Excuse me, Sharif Al-Makai. We have my brother, good brother, Akil Parker, who was a public school teacher here in Philadelphia. You know, we have one of the grand elders in the community, Brother uh, Eric Creep Grimes, brother, a.k.a. Brother Shamari, will be on deck, as well as your brother, Professor Carl Tone Jones, will be in the building to discuss the miseducation of black children. So make sure you get a chance, you know, go out there. I believe it might be an Eventbrite. Um, uh, it might be an Eventbrite tag you can tag on to to catch that. But um, get a chance, you know, come out this Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be in the building and it's going to be recorded. It'd be like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the Senior Hall show, but better. You know what I mean? Talking about real black issues. So, you know, um, I wish my partner could be with us tonight. Unfortunately, she is ill, not feeling too well. So when everybody to send special uh, thoughts and prayers to our sister and, and give love and light and positive energy to Sister Erica Tolbert, um, she's not she not, she's not feeling too well tonight, so I told her to take the night off. I'm going to be behind the wheel. I got this. All right? So, family, you know, um, one of the things she wanted to talk about in particularly was the proverbial hood pass that's given by a lot of black people to, to non-blacks that basically gives them license to do and say things as if they're from the culture and how dangerous that particular thing might be you know so one of the things that we want to talk about tonight is you know um first of all what's up with that and two um when are we going to start um having some standards where there's just some things you can't do you know and i understand marlon wayans just recently had a stand-up um show uh you know netflix is doing this thing with comedians so they're getting a lot of comedians and they're paying them to do um you know, shows and posting them on Netflix. So Marlon Wayans has a particular show right now. Uh, I see my brother Dwight Hicks is in the building. Hey, Dwight, before I get into the Marlon Wayans, when you going to bring your brother to Buffalo, bro? When you going to bring your brother to Buffalo, bro? That's all I got to ask you, bro. I ain't mean to put you out there in the air, bro. You've been promising to bring me to Buffalo for the last four or five years, bro. I mean, we, we, we got to talk. So make sure you hit me up later on, bro. <laughs> Busting my brother's chops real quick. But yeah, so Marlon basically stated um, that he was given Eminem a hood pass, you know, which allowed, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, family, which allowed for, for him to, to use the N-word and all those other things and to, to be very, you know, to, to be condescending and disrespectful to black people, you know, because that's what you using, when you calling black people niggas, that's pretty much what you're doing. So, um, you know, my question is, you know, for, for the family, do y'all have any white folk that y'all give um, those types of passes to? Now, I doubt if anybody's going to admit it on here. I'm going to tell you, I don't. I don't have any white folks in that know me that feel comfortable enough to use the word nigger around me. None of them feel comfortable enough even putting on songs and music that has those words in it around me. All right? And it's just a game. We don't play that shit, you know? And we have to start getting strong about our culture. What I find is, as black people, we are struggling. We are struggling mightily to identify with, with, with basically policing people and then having a standard for our culture to where 
we won't allow for people to disrespect us. It's like we feel as though defending ourselves is going to hurt somebody else's feelings. So we'd rather them have privilege to disrespect us rather than, than be honorable about who we are, honorable about protecting our culture. We claim that there are culture vultures out there. We claim that people appropriate our culture every time, but yet and still, there's very few of us that literally will take a stance against anybody that's taking an egregious act against the culture. You know, so those are some of the things we need to 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 to, to discuss, family. We need to really put them on the carpet and and and, and identify. But because you know, uh, my brother Shaka Shakur, shout out to brother Shaka Shakur, you know, out there in Atlanta, man, doing some doing the big man. The brother got uh. A lot of things popping off right now. And my brother Shaka Shakur was on earlier with a live and talking about dealing with collaborators. And that's some collaborator type behavior that we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Um, let me see. Uh, brother Richard Rochelle says, she says, so I don't think using my people to show. <laughs> Damn Skippy, brother Merrill Wagner, 100. So, you know, we, we, we he was talking about the, the dealing with the collaborators. And we got collaborators amongst us that, you know, um, and I and this this is not just coming from me. What I'm about to say. So understand this. We have collaborators amongst us that a lot of you know, um, and, and talking to a lot of my elders and other members in the community. You know, we come to the conclusion the conclusion that they believe that the struggle for black empowerment is a lost cause. So what they're doing is they're trying to link up and and, and try to snag on to whatever vestige of security they can find within this particular power structure of white supremacy and make a life for themselves that whole proverbial rugged individualism where they're trying to take it to that level and see these are some of the issues so so when we come across this type of thing we have to start stepping up because i promise you there's no jewish person on the planet that's telling black people come on over here and you can call us kikes and all types of shit. it's not happening all right you can't even call puerto rican spicks all right put these i'm talking about latinos that use the word nigga all the time you can't even call them spicks without them being ready to fight you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, trust me, I, I try try across that line. You know, I had to straighten a few, uh, you know, people that I knew out. So, you know, you had to let them know, you know what I'm saying? You know, and none of those words even come in, come close to, you know, when you talk about the type of negative energy, destructive energy that's been put into the word nigga, none of them have come close to that. You know, you can call Jewel Kike all you want. It does not, identify with them the same or resonate with them with the same wickedness and evil that the word nigger does when you call us that specifically from an outside source or outside somebody that's outside the culture now we can't have our misgrievance or whatever within our house but with this within our house is our conversation and our argument ain't nobody else's goddamn business you know what i'm saying so you know uh so this is why we have to start you know we have to start holding people accountable y'all and and this comes to this, this 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 takes us into the next part, you know, you know what I mean? Because we have to start asking the question: Are we revolutionary ready? You know what I'm saying? Are we revolutionary ready? That's a question we have to start asking. Because I kind of I'm looking at this shit specifically in the last. Y'all don't know what it's been like if you don't live in Philadelphia, man. For the last two months, man, we've been going through like people who are serious about. Um, about black empowerment, serious about nationalism, serious about pan-Africanism. We've been going through some H-E double hockey sticks dealing with people who we thought were down for the cause. All right, I wanna be clear. Dealing with people who we thought were down with the cause. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, people who 
fringe revolutionaries, fringe about their commitment to black empowerment. You know, I'm not talking about the people who just want to be woke, you know, and start spewing Illuminati garbage at you. I'm talking about people who was literally talking about planning and building, having meetings and, and conferences, people who would tag you to say, listen, we're having conference calls to put this and that together. Um, we're trying to build these things in our cities and communities. I'm talking about those motherfuckers. I'm talking about them. I'm not talking about the people who we knew already was on the fringe. I am talking specifically about those people who claim to have been locking and loading with you. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, let me see. Let me let me read some of the comments coming back. Sister Queen Low, peace, peace, uh, Sister Queen Lois said the colonizer mentality, we won't escape the use of it. Exactly. Brother Anthony Gilliard said, no, we're too comfortable within our, our oppression. And I agree with both of those statements. Listen, this is the thing. I saw people who claim to be down from day one using terms like too woke, you know, overly conscious. You, you know, you're too much of a whole tepper, you know, you're high stepping whole tepper, stuff like that. I've heard, I've seen those comments floating around. I've been my tongue on it a little bit. I mean, I had a little outburst a few weeks ago. I'm good. One got some therapy. I'm straight. But, um, <laughs> but I saw that I, I've seen a rise in those types of com comments. And it's specifically when you start to step between these Negroes and their fun. And this is the stuff I've been telling. I've been telling people all along, you know, um, me and my brother BF talk about this all the time. You know what I'm saying? Me and my brother Ajay talk about this all the time. You cannot step in between Negroes and their fun. Because even the most heightened, supposedly conscious, black empowered Negroes still have a fetish for fun. You know what I'm saying? So we deal with that struggle within the conscious community, the so-called black conscious community. I'm about to call it the unconscious community. You know, we deal with it within that all the time. You know what I'm saying? Get together and you're trying to bust something out. And then, you know, I have a million and one side conversations that don't have shit to do with what we're trying to build. You know, you know, you try to put things together. People start slacking off. And I and I get why we slack off. Don't 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 get me on here on like I'm on some type of soapbox. I know the frustrations that you deal with that we deal with when you put something together and it's something that the people need and it's something that people say they need until they realize how much work goes into it. And then they start pulling off. You know what I'm saying? I realize that. So, you know what I'm saying? But I also understand that the people, you know, you can't keep leaning on the brothers and sisters who are present. You can't keep leaning on the brothers and sisters who are present and working. You can't keep doing that and expecting. Because here's the deal, right? Y'all niggas like to take a lot of time off. I just got to say it like I, like I say it. And I'm not talking about if you if you're down for the cause and you're down 100. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about the Negroes that all damn we can't have a song. Damn we can't have a game. Damn we can't have a movie. I'm like damn. Can we get some fucking work? Can we do that? You see, like all this multitasking. People can call off work. People take sick days to do whatever the hell else they need to do except for empowering the community. You know what I'm saying? And, and see, those are the things that we're talking about when we say, you know, you know, I'm, I'm tired of pats on the back. Don't pat me on the back. When you lift your hand up, make it so you get your car keys or you get your bus pass and meet me on the block. Meet me out in the street where we're doing this work. You know what I'm saying? Showing up. And then, you know, we, we you do the work and you got people who are just not serious about this shit. And that's why when a person like Darren Sill, who was serious, 
gets killed, the rest of the community goes into mourning. You get upset, your feelings hurt, but people die in war. And Darren Sill understood that we were at war. He was one of the few people to pick up his bayonet and point it at the enemy. He wasn't riding the coattails of nobody else. That brother was organizing out there in Ferguson and St. Louis. That brother was getting people together. That brother was trying to build the, the, the culture up there, up there. So when that brother got killed, it shouldn't have come as a surprise. The, the surprise should come from the fact that it was so easy for them to get to him and nobody knows what the fuck happened. Because no, y'all, the, the, while he was out there working, the people that were out there working with him was not taking the situation seriously. And that's what I'm talking about. This is why you don't think that they don't have targeted assassinations. Right now, there are people trying to investigate whether Sandra Bland was a targeted assassination. You know what I'm saying? These people are investigating that right now as well. And why there's such a big cover up over her death. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, peace, peace and black power, Brother Patrick. You said David Banner said we're addicted to the struggle. I think it's even worse than that. I think it's even worse than that. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, I think we're, 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 we're way, way worse than addicted to the struggle. What I see as being is we're addicted to the pain. You know what I'm saying? We're addicted. I don't even think people are addicted to struggle. I think people are very comfortable with the struggle. And people are very comfortable with where we are. I'll say, so Brother um, Delguan Coleman says, so what's the plan, marketing strategy for economic growth? Brother, it's right here. Go to blackindependence.org. Grab your copy. That's a part of it, brother. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> Peace and black power to you, Sister Anubi. I appreciate you, Queen. <clears throat> yes, right. Comfortable. We're very comfortable with what this is. You know what I'm saying? We're very comfortable and and we're very, very cool. We've been conditioned to be acceptable of it. And we've also been conditioned to see that our struggle is a losing one. We've been conditioned to see that the, the struggle for black independence, the struggle for African, the, re, the, the reuniting of the African diaspora, we see that struggle as being lost. Let's face it, we lost the war. Our ancestors lost the war and we became the spoils of the war. A lot of us became the spoils of the war. That's why they were able, because in war, when you defeat countries or you defeat nations, you get access to their land and their people. Well, isn't that what happened to Africa? So we have to start realizing that. This has been an ongoing war. This is an ancient war that we're in right now. And the thing is, you know, it's just like when you watch movies. I bring it to the movie since the movie thing seems to be the thing we function with. Let's bring it to the movie. When you watch Star Wars, it was always... The, the rebellion, the rebels, the rebellions against the empire. Well, the empire had won the war. You know, the empire, they even went back and showed you how the empire won the war when it killed all the Jedi. They won the war. And so you had this small pocket here, small pocket there. They had to play intergalactic guerrilla warfare to, to, to win the war again. And then you see the most recent Star Wars, they lost that motherfucking war again. So, <laughs> the but the, because your enemy is going to keep fighting you. And that's the one thing. We don't have no time to take days off. And I think it's unfair, too, I might add, that people who always want to take time off, when there's a tragedy, you start saying, well, damn, where's the professor at? Where's the brother and sister at from this part? Where's, where's Farrakhan at? Where, well, they've been on the clock the whole fucking time. Where the fuck have you been at? We've been trying to create the conditions to prevent the ongoing tragedies, to prevent those things from happening. Where have you at? So that's the thing we're talking about right now. 
A brother asked, what's the economic plan? Please, bro. First, you need the community and, and first you need the cultural plan. Because there's no such thing as an economic plan that we'll put together right now that won't benefit, you know, our conquerors right now. There's no economic plan unless you change the culture. Let me show you. Let me show you why. All right. Just recently, I think the Black Panther movie just grossed a billion dollars, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It just grossed a billion dollars. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so with, with the, the Black Panther movie just grossed a billion dollars. All right. Black people are real proud of that. I see black people posting that shit. This is what black people do when they put their economics together. They go out and to, you know, and white folks will put black face on a white product and black folks will go take their economics to that. So if you don't change the culture, there's no sense in creating an economic plan. Brother, I put it to the goddamn DVD because in the DVD we have a plan. You know what I'm saying? But what you want is some shit for free. Well, guess what, brother? You don't get shit for free. You don't go to the white man and get shit for free. So stop coming to your brothers and sisters and asking for shit for free. All right. It wasn't free for me to make it. It wasn't free for me to, to go travel all these different places. It wasn't free for me to take time and turn money down while I built it. So understand that, brother. And that's what I mean about the culture. They have convinced us and they have convinced us that the things we need from each other, we should just give it in charity by the things that we want from them, we go out and pay full price for. We don't even question them how the shit costs. I, I bet you not one person went to the movie theater and tried to negotiate the price for their ticket. I bet you not one person did that. Not one person. But you'll come in and scrutinize me. Brother, that's the last of our conversation. All right? So, <laughs> emotional politics. I'm cracking up the shots we try to take. Hurt people, hurt people, bro. Get yourself together. Anyway, so family, so, so what we need to start talking about is are we revolutionary ready? That mindset that we just discussed is not revolutionary ready. That's somebody that's coming to the table that, you know, don't have a plan of their own. Or maybe they do have a plan. But instead, they want us to have our conversation about the plan on a platform where anybody can see it. Who does that? When you see things happen in your city, the shit just pops up. They have closed door meetings in your own cities. Who the hell is going to put an economic plan on the platform for them to destroy it like they did with Claude Anderson when Claude Anderson was wild and live and public about his plan to change Detroit. And when he went in there, they took that public, um, uh, that, that whole public sermon that he gave about what they were going to do in building Detroit and turned it against the people. They turned it against him and the people. All of a sudden, building up the black community, creating Africatown in Detroit became a racist objective. Come on, family. No, being emotional is asking me that damn question online. That's what being emotional is. So let's, you know, let's, and that's what I'm talking about, family. We're not even ready to have a conversation about those things in many circles. Now, I'm going to tell you where we are ready to have it. You know what I'm saying? We got the New Life Movement out in Chicago popping with my brother, Roe Davis, and my, and my elder. Um, Dr. Laverne Murphy, they got that popping out there. You want to talk about economics, you holler at my brother Ro Davis. And what we're doing, the collaboration we're doing between Philadelphia, Memphis, Chicago, and um, and Milwaukee. And you talk about those things in, 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 in uh, Mississippi. You talk about that collaboration, how we're pulling in Harlem, how we're pulling in North Carolina and Florida, how we're pulling all these networks together, how we got brothers and sisters in Atlanta. Let's talk about that. See, bro, see, I gave you a taste of what we got going on, family. That's what I just gave you. This is, see, so when you come to platforms like this, you have to understand. When you come to platforms like this, 
This is for this is our news bulletin platform. All right. You don't discuss your plans, your military plans on your news bulletin platform. Right. We're taking over social media and using it. And for those of you who say, well, y'all get mad when you spend money on this movie, this, that, and the other, but you're making Facebook millions, there's a big difference, family. First and foremost, we're pirating Facebook's signal to send out this message of black empowerment. We're pirating their signal. So this is why they come and punish us whenever they can figure out what we're doing. They follow our hashtags and whatever, and they start blocking and banning us from posting. Okay? We're not contributing shit to Facebook. We're taking stuff away from Facebook. That's the big difference. Yeah, they get the advertising fees, this, that, and the other, but I promise you, the money doesn't mean nearly as much as the message to them. Because they understand how when you build black empowerment, you're taking the demolition ball to white supremacy. And we're going to talk about that real quick, too, because um, there's stuff that's happening all over the world right now. Stuff that's happening all over the world that's pointing to this new ideology of the black identity extremists. You know, last night in my class, I brought up some terms, you know, um, and I started talking to the class about some of the different things that that um, some of the different uh, things people are talking about in the world. And do you know that my class did not know the that what the term black identity extremists meant? I literally had some of them look it up while we were in the class, showed them the videos, some videos, because at the beginning of this movie, we identify and break down what the black identity extremist is. And if you haven't gotten your copy of the Independence Day Project, then you're slipping because you don't understand the economic policy supporting black-owned operations. Hey, Brother Dalguan, let me ask you a question if you're still watching. Did you go to the movies to see the Black Panther? I'll wait. So while the brother waits to take the time, he probably tuned out by now. But <laughs> you know, we we support black commerce. That's just like saying, you know, my brother put the book together, him and his wife put a book together for his son, Reese One Syria, to talk about autism in black children. All right. You know, that's like saying we don't need to go buy the book to learn about autism. No, but this is a, you know, what I'm saying this book is is to help black people deal with the research and what's involved in our community. You know what I'm saying? That's like saying, we don't need to go, we don't need to, to buy Joe Ward's On the Shoulders of Giants. We don't need to purchase that book to learn about black history. But guess what? It's real specific. He's telling me about black history in this hemisphere. All right? Real specific. All right? So, you know, so, yo, we don't feel the need to support black people, unfortunately. We feel the need that we think that all this stuff should be given. You know what I'm saying? We shouldn't be going out and learning the compensatory code. We shouldn't be going out learning these things. You know, I'm gonna put out there another full journey. We shouldn't be learning these things, right? Or we should learn them, but they should be given to us. Come on, family, let's get real. We're not serious about revolution. You know what? A lot of people say, brother, we support you. No, I say, no, you like me. You don't support me, it's a difference. Because if you supported me, and if you supported the cause like you say you did, then this right here, would have been on your top. You would have been on top of that the same way you supported the Black Panther movie by making it a billion dollar, you know, extravaganza within the first two weeks of it showing. That's support. You support things with your money. You don't support anybody with lip service. You support them with your money. When I tell somebody, when somebody hits me up 
about whatever they're doing, if I can afford it, the first thing I say is give me the link or give me a way so that I can buy that off you. Because I believe in black empowerment. I also believe that the spiritual charge gives a brother and sister to know that they got people out there that will support them when they put a product forward. You trying to get out the room, Shadow? You trying to get out? Shit. Come in, Shadow. Come in. Come in. Come in. I got to be up here like the evil, wicked man with the cat. Come in. Come in. Come in, big boy. Uh, come in. I got, to, I got to be up here with the cat. You know what I mean? The cat got to be like Dr. Evil with the cat and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Big ass cat. But yeah, family. So so this is why we have to stop building on black empowerment, y'all. We have to stop building. Yes, right. I got a black cat. I always keep black cat on deck. This one right here, this big boy right here. Jesus Christ, he's huge. Uh, you can't crawl on my shoulder, Shadow. Cut it out. Cut it out. All right? But, um... This is what I'm talking about, family. When we start talking about black empowerment, we're not, we got to be serious. Yeah, I'm laughing at my cat. <laughs> I'm joking, but we got to be serious about, about black empowerment, family. And, and not just black empowerment, but are you revolutionary ready? If you're revolutionary ready, then the distractions don't keep you off the path, off the task and off the goal. I had people who were literally ready to fight me over a goddamn comic book character a few weeks ago. Comic book character a few weeks ago, family. Yo, dude, the nails, the nails. Chill. I'll put your ass back down. Uh, about to fight me over a comic book character because I said that's not about black empowerment. And y'all watched the uh, a movie about that that stressed white liberalism, you know, in the Black Panther and came back talking about Wakanda forever. Scared as fuck to say black power forever. You know what I'm saying? But Wakanda forever, yeah, because they gave y'all license to to speak on a particular. Um, they gave the white folk gave y'all license and they gave y'all permission to be black just as long as it's fictional. You can't rock no red, black, and green. And I saw how they snuck red, black, and green in the movie. I saw that. That was good. Ryan Coleman, good, good play on that. You know, he had to be sneaky about that shit. But I also noticed the fact that they couldn't be up, you know, out front with it. And I understand it's a chess game. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> one of the things we have to start doing is being unapologetic and give ourselves permission. When you are indulging in black empowerment and you're, and you're fully vetted and safe in who you are, you lose all that fear. Now, I'm not saying we should lose the fear that, that we shouldn't have a, self, a healthy respect for our enemy. No, that's what I mean about being revolutionary ready, knowing who the fuck your enemy is. And that's why you want, you know, you, 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 your hair will be on a swivel every day if you knew who your enemy was. If you knew who your enemy was, you every time something out of the norm would happen, you would take notice. Anytime somebody walked down your block you've never seen before, you would take notice. If you're a revolutionary ready, anytime you know uh, you get in the car and somebody's following you for like seven, eight blocks, and you turn four times and they turn with you, you notice shit like that. You know what I'm saying? When you're revolutionary ready, you know what I'm saying? You you notice a whole bunch of things. Okay, Shadow, time to put your ass down. Get down. Get down. Get, let go, Negro. Let go. Some of the goddamn here on me. <laughs> anyway, you would know about being revolutionary ready. If you did those things and that's the stuff i'm talking about you know in terms of being revolutionary ready we we would we would have those things we would have those answers you know what I mean? business has no color who the fuck is this business has no color all right see these are the type of cats we need to get out of here because those are collaborators when you have people talking about business 
has no color. You know what I'm saying? Uh, then, then they need to roll. You know what I'm saying? They need to. They, 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 they need to go. Cause you know what I'm saying. Business has no color, <clears throat> but yet still redlining exists. You know, um, they always have what's called the good old boys network. But yet still, business colors don't work. Business that has no colors. You know what? All right, uh, somebody, we have to, we have to, you know, curb the trolls. You know what I'm saying? We got to curb the trolls, unfortunately, because the, the trolls are in the building. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the trolls is in the building. You know, so, um, so yeah, family, we we, we gotta we gotta move past these certain mentalities. And these, and these cats that talk that talk, that's that new millennial bullshit. It's the whole escape them. I'm not. I don't have to be responsible for, you know, um, I don't have to be responsible for the empowerment of my people. Can we all just have free love and all that shit? And it always backfires. Every black generation, every black generation since the end of slavery has dealt with that whole idea of collaboration with Caucasian. And every single one of them have come to get their nigga wake up call. So the nigga wake up call is, 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 is on deck. They're probably preparing the letter now, drafting the letter now from a man. So my man's gonna get that shit too. And this is just something we need to all think about. This is why we say we're not revolutionary ready because we got a lot of, lot of young cats out there. I can't even call them brothers and sisters right now because they don't act like brothers and sisters. We got a lot of young cats now and a lot of old Negroes as well who are preaching this whole intersectionality bullshit. We're teaching this whole, you know, the premise of uh of, of working with other groups and, and 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 when you say stupid shit like business has no color, then you know basically what you don't understand is you don't understand white supremacy. And as the elder Nelly Fuller said, I mean so eloquently, not just in this book, but other things, when you don't understand white supremacy, what it is and what it does. And everything else you do cease to exist. And I, you know, and I'm and, uh, and I'm going to take the stance that my brother Eric Keith Browns, you know, and I talk about a lot. You know, I'm not going to debate cats that are not my equal. And I don't care how offended somebody might get by that. If you have not studied like I've studied, if you have not put in the work, if you have not built in the community, then me and you don't even really need to have a conversation on this level. We could talk about the weather. We could talk about what your favorite sports team is doing. We could talk about your favorite music. But when it comes to black empowerment, we can't even have that conversation. And let's just keep it real. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, and I'm tired of people who are consistent and uh, procrastinators and lazy as fuck when it comes to getting information and getting educated on the situation. Because in the palm of your hand, in the palm of your hand right now, you have more access to more technology than was used to put people into space in the 60s, the 50s and the 60s people in the space with less technology than you have right now you got them in the palm of your hand you choose to be intellectually lazy we ain't got time for you you know what i'm saying i ain't got time as my brother um rj said the sophomore scholarship you never had any teaching you never had anybody tell you what the information was supposed to mean to you so therefore you go run off in tangents you try to challenge people for which you're not qualified to be in the ring with that's like somebody coming to the heavyweight championship and all you did was fighting the amateurs Nah, you can't have a title. You can't. You didn't earn a shot at the title, fam. And that's how it is. So, you know what I'm saying? We're going to move on. You know what I mean? We're going to move on. You know what I'm saying? So, the, so the next thing we, that we want to get to, family, is, is how to, to separate the masses. Because right now, we got masses of people who are consistently in the way. 
All right. We got masses of people who are consistently in the way. There are people who look like you. They sound like you. But you know, when they start to when you start to dissect their message and you start to see who they really are, they're nothing more but angry integrationists. You know, they're a little upset that white folk are treating them badly. And they would like for white folk to treat them better. So they're angry integrationists. You know what I'm saying? And these are some of the things that we have to deal with in our struggle and dealing with in, in terms of the people and dealing with in terms of how, you know, um, and, and siphoning out the, the, rec, the, the you know, um, the waste and the garbage that come with it. You know, maybe it's a young brother. I don't know. Uh, and I'm not making this personal. This ain't even a personal attack on him. It's just the mindset in general. You know, we have to start getting smarter about building um, black power. And we have to tighten in the reins. And then tightening the reins, we have to start making smaller groups and creating critical masses of people who are ready to build and who are building. You know, because I would be, you know, lying, you know, but I'm not going to tell you spill the beans here, as I've said before. This is not the platform to spill the beans about what we're actually doing in the background. We're just providing you with a platform with access to it. And so, you know, what I'm saying when you talk about propaganda, you talk about all these other things people are using, they utilize the movies. So the best propaganda you can have is one that gives you the blueprint, the blueprint to building black power. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and like I said, don't take my word for it. Take the hundreds of people who've seen it. Take the, you know, the people who, who have went out, who have gone out and, and bought their copies and gotten their copies of the Independence Day Project. The people who have had discussions. Because the one thing people said when they walked and saw Black Panthers, they were inspired. Remember that? The movie was inspirational, right? And then when I asked them what were they inspired to do, only three people responded. And they all said that they're doing the same shit that they were doing before. So I'm like, well, how the fuck did the movie inspire you? But everybody that talk, that got back to me after seeing this, the Independence Day Project, said they were inspired to build networks. They were inspired to reach out to the people in the project and see if they can link up with them and start building their own gardens. If they can start you know, networking, creating economic networks. If they can start, you know, creating cultural centers, if they can start building liberation schools in their cities, you know, if they can start bringing people to their towns to help them with their, to help fill in the gaps to where they come up short, you know, if they, if people can help them create an education that's based on black empowerment, you know what I'm saying? If people, if they can find those brothers. So, so when we talk about the plan, game plan is here, baby. And I ain't even pulling your chain. But let's not get on to that too much, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, there's a lot of people who don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? So um, I got to find a way to block this troll because I see we got probably somebody that's fronting like they're black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they pretended to be black on the, on the thread. But, you know, how we get those people who uh, pretend to be black on the thread and they're not really black. So let me figure out how to block this troll real quick. Uh, whole type family. Fortunately, he's only on Facebook, so I don't have to worry about going over to um YouTube or nothing like that. Um, let me figure out how to block this troll. Um, here we go. Uh, so that's what I do. Go to the page. 
Um, this guy, what, three years old? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Jojo. <laughs> All right. So, Mr. Delgrom Coleman, I think you've been blocked, brother. <laughs> I'm not dealing with trolls. Like I said, man, like, like Dr. John Henry Clark said, I debate my equals, all others I teach. And he was a, a very unruly student, so he had to be expelled. So, so fam, yeah, it's not, you know, we're not going to be on here too long, but I just want to ask a question. And listen, I'm going to give you all a chance to call up. Let me see if I can find the call-in number, because I, I have the call-in number on here somewhere. Um. I think it's 395-8700, 215-395-8700. I believe that's the number, but let me double check for sure. Um, put my stickies out. Uh, put my notes out. But um, yeah, I think, it, I think that's the number. I, I don't use it, so let me just double check. The cat got hair all over me. I never pick his ass up. I pick his ass up one. I pick his ass up one time. Yeah, the number is 215-398-8700. I mean, 393, three, excuse me, 215-395-8700. 215-395-8700 if you want to call in. I'll put it in the uh, chat. It's uh, 215 Eight, uh, three, nine, eight, eight, seven hundred, three, nine, five, excuse me, five, eight, seven hundred. Hey, I'll take a few calls tonight if y'all interested in calling in. I'll take a few calls, you know what I'm saying? Uh huh, Angel, Sister Angel, on the ball. Peace, Brother Abdul. So, is anybody interested in calling in? Sister Angel, I got to get those copies to you. I'm going to send them joints to you this weekend. I had some car trouble, but I'm going to send them joints to you this weekend. All right, Sister Angel's been helping to promote the event that we have going on um, at the uh, joint game. I got I to gotta get better with this. Um, it's the old type family. <laughs> I got to get better at this. I'm not used to going nowhere. It's like taking me out in public somewhere. I'm just not used to being out. All right, but Everlasting Life, I'm sorry, at the at Everlasting Life um, Restaurant and Lounge, Everlasting Life Restaurant and Lounge out in uh, Capitol Heights. We're going to be there on the 23rd. They should all come out for the showing of the Independence Day Project. Get there early, you know, uh, come through early about like 5, 530. We're going to start promptly at 6 o'clock, have dinner and a movie. You know, from what I hear, it's a very, 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 very great, very good cuisine. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and your boy's going to be in the building. I will be on deck in Maryland. So right outside of D.C. at Capitol Heights. Make sure y'all get a chance to come through. All right? But if anybody's interested and want to call in, I'll give y'all about five minutes to, to decide whether y'all want to call or not. And then we're going to keep it moving. Got the Skype line open. Anybody that's interested. And like I said, family, you know, we're going to keep building on Black Power. You know, pure and simple. We're gonna keep building on black, but sister April, April sister Angel practice on the ball. <laughs> no, it's not it's not seven o'clock, it's six. Okay, there you got it. There you got it. Six o'clock, six p.m. Six p.m. I'm gonna pin that comment right there. So is there any questions? Anybody have any questions this evening? 
I normally have a, a conversation with my sister Erica. You know, I see my brother Ern Allen joined up. What's good, brother? Brother met me down North Philly to grab his copy of the Independence Day Project. See, family, some people ain't playing. Some people are already down with the struggle, down with the cause. They know what we're trying to build. And they're, they're supportive of it 100. You got other cats like this young brother, this lost young brother. And I don't know what gives people the license to be disrespectful to cats. Yeah. Anyway, but we got the young brother that had to be blocked tonight. The first person I ever had to block on here. Hmm. Wow. <clears throat> so um, do we have any questions? Anybody want to call up, have a quick conversation about black empowerment, the seriousness of it all? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Peace and Black Power KC over in YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Watching on YouTube live. Peace and Black Power TV family. Um, but yeah, that's that's the you know the gist of what we we're talking about earlier. We gotta um, eradicate. Coming back to the topic, we have to eradicate those brothers and sisters who um, who are sympathizers. It's kind of like a hospital. In the hospital. You know, and I'm using the hospital analogy because the black community is sick. If you have not, if you don't know that the community is sick, then 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 you're sick too. All right, the community is sick. So I'm using the analogy of a hospital. And when you bring sick people into the hospital, not everybody makes it. Not everybody survives. Not everybody can, you know, um, not everybody, not everybody is going to get healthy. You're going to have some people that are going to get sicker. You know, the more and, and in hospitals, most people go to hospitals to die. So what you have is you have a floor in the hospital that's designated to, you know, like on um, cancer patients or people who have, you know, stage four elements of a disease. You know what I'm saying? It's the hospice in the hospital. They don't really treat you, but they make you feel good. So you get a lot of morphine, um, high power opioids. And, you know, you just really much just going out on a high note. You, you know, and, and that's what we need to do. We need to separate the, the brothers and sisters who are delusional and push them to the side, let them stay on their high because they are not going to help us with black. In fact, they themselves can become very dangerous to those of us who are, who are moving towards black empowerment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> brother, I do say some people have to be quarantined. We're about to get to them, brother. Hold on. <laughs> Because he's right. There's going to be a segment that's diseased. And that's this segment we're talking about right now with these apologists and these collaborators. They're the diseased part, but see, they're infectious because they speak a rhetoric that people like. It's a lazy rhetoric, doesn't allow you, you don't have to do shit. It just, you know, you just basically have to go along and get along. And you follow their rhetoric, it, leads, it absolves you of any responsibility to do anything for your culture and your community. So, they have to go, you know what I'm saying? And we have to put them in a place and quarantine them. In other words, we have to sort of like move them out from the community. And then there are gonna be some people of that out, we're gonna to have to take to the top floor on the roof, walk them to the edge and push their ass over because their, their rhetoric is so dangerous that it can't be contained in quarantine, all right? Then we're gonna have the part of the hospital where there are experiments going on, seeing we can save them, you know, we have a term for this. We call it the JRS syndrome, the Jerry Robinson, I mean, the Jackie Robinson syndrome. You know, that Jackie Robinson was a collaborator. He tried to, you know, be a part of the, the, the white supremacist power structure. He often spoke out against 
you know, black athletes and entertainers that took a stance against racism, you know, and when black people like that, we got Jackie Robinson, so like that preacher that was just out, and I believe it might have been Florida or Georgia, that was talking, that was thanking God for slavery, thanking God for the slave trade, and thanking God for being raped in alleys and shit. Like, people like that, they need to be quarantined because there's no help for them. We call that Xavier syndrome. See, Jared Rash did possible cures and treatments, you know, shock treatment. We take you to the back and do some old school, you know, uh, <laughs> we do some old school mental health treatment where they start doing shock therapy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we might have to crack you in the skull and give you a, um, a lobotomy. You know what I'm saying? We might have to do that to those people. Then there are people who come in and then they're sick, but, you know, you give them the proper fluids. You give them some medicine, some herbs. In our, in our instance, we've been giving herbs to, to bring you back some spiritual teachings, some course correction. And those brothers and sisters, you know, that's going to be the core and the foundation of what we can build on. So you're literally talking about a small percentage of the hospital that we're going to be able to save. The rest of the hospital is going to be caught up because Xavier Syndrome, where you just become a full-blown, you know, uh, you know, uh, accomplish the white supremacy. There's no coming back from that shit. Like, there's certain black people right now, like, you know, um, uh, what's the what's the what's the what's the dude that's the Supreme Court justice? <laughs> I, I don't even think about them that much. That's why I, I I struggle with their damn names, you know. But you know, what I'm saying uh, all these cats. Nah, we got tossed them out. They they they're no good for us. Then you have the, the, the black bourgeois class. You got to toss most of them out, too, because they're not trying to build. You know what I'm saying? They're not trying to build with us. You know, we have to um, take, you know, that's right. We have to take with the, the, the Haitian Revolution. And let's call the Haitian Revolution what it really was, the Pan-African Revolution. That's what the Haitian Revolution was. They didn't even call the country Haiti at first. You know, it was Espanola. Espanola. So we would call it the Pan-African Revolution from this point forward. We're going to change the lesson kind of that so other people understand it wasn't just Haiti. It was the, the Pan-African, it was the creation of Pan-Africanism, you know. Um, but, you know, then we're going to be able to, 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 to soothe, to, to course correct them. And that, that concentrated mass is going to be what leads the black community out of this thing of white supremacy. Understand, family, time is running out. Time is running out. And what you got to recognize with time running out is that your enemy is not slowing down, pumping the brakes, waiting at no red light for us to get our shit together so that we could be a worthy adversary or foe. In fact, they're working double time to keep us dumbed down. I was just having a conversation in class about the chemicals and shit they were spraying. And one of the brothers said that it was, you know, the chemicals in the water was due to the fact that um, they were um, people were flushing pills down the toilet. And I had to correct them. I said, brother, understand something. That just gave them an alibi. You know what I'm saying? Plausible deniabilities for when you find these drugs. But they've been talking about putting, you know, um, high-powered drugs, pharmaceutical drugs like lithium in the water for a long time. They've been talking about this. Lo and behold, it was a news article today talking about how the chemicals in the air they're spraying when they're crop dusting us every day, has high traces of lithium in these damn, this is a psychotropic drug that's been banned. 
that you can't even give lithium out no more because of the, the violence and the emotional destabilization that it causes in people. I know this. I'm a therapist, damn it. I know this. <laughs> you know, my clients used to be on lithium. They can no longer be on lithium because lithium basically deads the, 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 neuro, the neural centers of the brain. All right? So, so they're spraying this shit. So, um, you know, this is, this is some of the things that we have to deal with and we have to be responsible. The water you drink is lead contaminated in every major city in the country. The water you drink and bathe in, you brush your teeth with poison every morning. When you're ready, you push that shit to the side. We got to understand these things, family. So these are just some of the small things you talk about in regards to being ready, in regards to building our, you know, our kesheya. You know what I'm saying? These are some of the things we have to be ready for. You know? Um, and uh, so, so this, these, these things is, these things are important for us to take into consideration. It's important for us to understand, and it's important for us to recognize that many of us are not revolutionary ready. Many of us have no intention of being revolutionary ready. You know how I know? Because if you've used the term like overly woke or overly conscious in the last few weeks because we came in the rain on your parade as you were partying and forgetting that your people that are being warred upon, if you were mad about that, if you always want to take time out to take, you know, to do happy hours and shit, if you want to take your finances and spend it where you want, you know, because we get this shit every year. Every year around this time, it's a bunch of angry posts talking about, don't tell me what to do with my hard-earned money that I'm getting back from Uncle Sam. Okay, but then don't complain about the conditions in your community when you're sponsoring it. You're not ready. You're not revolutionary ready. And so this is why we need to start picking up on the messages and the cues and stop wasting our time with people who are not revolutionary ready. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather deal with 10 people who are concentrated and focused than a thousand fans who just want to be there for the, you know, just be be fans in the, in the stands, but don't want to have any type of um, blood on their hands when the deed is done. You know, let me just say this before we get out of here, because I'm going to have a closing note. Let's understand something. Right now, you know some famous names like Trayvon Martin. You know some famous names like Jordan Davis. You know famous names like Mike Brown. You know a lot of these other famous names. Sandra Bland. You know a lot of these famous names. Before they got killed, did you hear about their families? Did their families come out and start talking about black empowerment? With the exception of Sandra Bland, have you heard about any of the other ones being activists before they were killed? You didn't. You know why? But they were going along to get along because the world was cool. They wanted everybody to take a break. They wanted to wink at the white lady like Emmett Till did and not learn the lesson from what happened to Emmett Till until after it happened to them. If you're not ready for what is to come and for what's happening, and you're not deserving of any sympathy after it happens to you. 
you do not have a reason or an excuse not to be educated on the current circumstances regarding black people in this country and around the world. There's no excuse for nobody black unless you're sticking your head in the sand like a goddamn ostrich for you not to understand what black people are dealing with in this country and in this world. And for you to continue to pretend like you um, you can keep your, your nose to the ground, your eyes to the ground and pretend like it's not gonna happen to you? Who? You wanna keep feigning on your involvement? You wanna brag about you know making white folk rich? You know what I'm saying? Like the article I was telling you that 1.2 trillion, less than 1% of it comes back to the black community? You wanna keep bragging about that type shit? Who? But when shit happens to you, don't come running to me. Because when you do, I'm going to say some shit like, yo, can't we just have a movie? Can't we just have a game? Can't we just have this entertainment for a minute? Can I take some time off? And as dumb as that's going to sound to you, that's how dumb it sounds to me when you say that shit now. When you say that shit, then can't you just have some time off? Can't you just have a game? Can't you just have a movie? Can't you just niggas just get mad from motherfuckers getting having fun? You know, cool. But when some shit pop off, I don't want to hear it. See, that would be real petty, right? That would be real fucking petty, wouldn't it? Now think about how petty it is now that we tell y'all this stuff is going on. And y'all choosing to turn a blind eye to it like y'all just wasn't going through the shit a few weeks ago. Was like you don't have your experiences dealing with racism at your job, on the bus, getting randomly pulled over. I watch black people getting randomly pulled over every goddamn day I'm outside. Then I and I and I, and I go into the whole mode where I'm ready to rescue them. Then I think about it for a second, like, hold the fuck up. Maybe they need this wake-up call. I hope they survive the encounter. I truly do. Maybe they need to just survive this encounter. Maybe we can use that as a teachable moment. But then again, there were a lot of slaves that got beat on the plantation and they made them good and happy slaves. So we got that going on now. So that's it, family. Make sure you get a chance to, if you have, uh, in two weeks, if you can come out to um, Everlasting Life and Cafe out in, um, in Capitol Heights, uh, Maryland, make sure you can come out. We'll be in the building March 23rd. Make sure you come out. We're going to have a nice discussion afterwards. Q&A. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have some movies on deck. If you want to grab your own copy. And so you can have showings and viewings of your own. I encourage it. Um, also, want to make sure if you want to be out at, on the 10th. You see, I got it listed right here. All right, we're going to be at 30, 3824 Jasper Street. All right. Leave us uh, room two, 204. But shh. You can't talk about that in the black community. Hosted by my brother BF and Krumah. All right. Come out this Saturday on the 10th. We'll be there, family. But that's it, family. As always, peace, love, and black power. We're not even going to go out on no music tonight. We're just going to end it. <laughs> Brother's tired. And, you know, we have a little snow day. snow day up here. Has everybody on their lazy mission. So that's it. Black power. We will win. I'm just not sure how many of y'all crossed the finish line with us. <laughs>